Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And welcome to a very special episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. Now, this is following on from this week's Parenting SOS, which uh, in which we talked to Elliot Ray all about paternal mental health. And this week on this special episode, um, a, a past guest actually got in touch wanting to talk about a specific topic with her husband on our show and I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't say no and also it felt like this was the perfect week to talk about it. So welcome Lily Pebbles and Rich. Hi. Hello. Hello. How are we both? Good, I'm a bit nervous. Are you? I am a bit nervous. How are you? I'm nervous, but I'm (laughs) fully up for this. So we're obviously talking about paternal mental health. Mm. Yeah. Um and and Lily you got in touch a couple of months ago because you realised that it was an area that you've not necessarily talked about. And and you actually want to delve into it a lot more. And, and, and also, Rich, you're quite private. So yeah. this is a weird thing for you to be sort of on here spilling your experience. Yeah, this is the first first experience doing this. So excuse me if I mumble or trip over my words. <laughs> ah, you're fine. Um, it's a very but, welcoming space. But I'm very excited to do it. Yeah. And I think we should talk about it. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, that's the thing. I could easily just carry on living my life and not sharing this and not talking about it but I think it's really important to be vulnerable yeah and I think good things happen when you do open up and talk about things you can help other people and just we were saying on the way here often when we feel nervous and uncomfortable it's normally a good sign it means something good is coming it's good to be out of your comfort zone sometimes Mm. so yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) well the last time we spoke Lily you had one you had one little bubba yeah well she 
I think she was about to turn one. Yeah, that is crazy. And now, so she is four. Yep. Wow. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, I know my kids have grown up, but your kids grow up. Wow. Yeah. And I, it's so, it's actually so nice because I do feel like I was in a bit of like a two year postpartum bubble. Yeah. I feel like it's taken me longer to get over having my first than my second. Yeah. Um, and we've, yes, yeah, so we've got Rudy, who is 17 months. No. Yeah. He's cute. He's and how cute. is life with two now? It's full on. Yeah. It is full yeah. on. It's, but it's fun. And, I wouldn't change it and it's great, but yeah, it is full on and we're doing a lot. There's just yeah. trying to, yeah, just trying to raise them and think about like trying to keep them entertained. And <laughs> But they play with each other, which yeah. is really cute. It is like, it is kind of helpful having another one. Yeah. Because I feel like she'd be a bit bored without him. Yeah. And now that he's a bit older, they can like go on the trampoline together and they do play together and it's really cute. Does she there. take care of him? Yeah, she's very mm. maternal. Aww. She takes care of him. She also kind of like, yeah, he kind of like beats her up, actually. She's a bit scared of him. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> He's very tactful as well. He will like nip her. Oh, really? He just enough. Yeah, just a little just something. Enough. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he's he definitely the annoying younger brother. I can see that already. Um, but they, yeah, they like, they either love each other or they're fighting. It's like typical. Yeah. I mean, I have a much bigger gap between my siblings, so I can't imagine being two and a half years apart you've got that with your siblings yeah. so they're probably more similar to how you were with yours but it's very cute yeah uh, so first time round, um you took maternity leave yeah and uh, uh but then second time round, you decided to switch things up a little bit so yeah we just yeah we talked we've talked about it and we thought it just made sense for lily to go back to work she's doing great she's got this great career i loved my company mm -hmm. but it wasn't the industry i wanted to stay in and so I thought I might as well take advantage of their policies and do the mater paternity leave um, for a couple of months and then yeah. see where my head's at and just take it from there. And so I just went full time stay at home dad. But they offered, didn't they? Because I wasn't taking maternity. You could take the full, wasn't it like nine months? I could I could do a year, but it was just, it was staggered. So it yeah. was first three months was full pay. Then six months, it was like half pay. And then it just went down from there. Yeah. Um, similar to maternity leave, I think, for most companies. Yeah. So they applied that to for the partners, for the dads. So you did four days a week with Rudy and I went back to work just after six weeks. But obviously, because of my job, I'm only upstairs. I wasn't yeah. going back to like an office full time. Um, it just like financially made more sense. It, di it didn't make sense for Rich to go back and not me. And I'm not really sure what the ideal situation would have been. I'm not really yeah. sure. When I look back, I'm like, what would I have wanted? Sometimes I think, oh, I wish I could take a year off like my friends do but obviously I know the realities of what maternity leave is actually yeah, like and yeah. it's not a year off so we thought let's just give it a go and see and I wanted to have a go you I wanted, wanted to, to do be... it yeah is that and did you thing? set yourself the thing of having a year yes I think we did I think it was like let's see what happens in a year's time and then take it from there yeah. and that was the first thing we had a newborn we had a young kid and you couldn't think you think from day to day you just yeah. survive each day it was and quite different to what we thought. I think naively we thought that it would be a great chance for Rich to spend that time rethinking his career. He wanted to kind of pivot into something different. And obviously, I think as we all know, there isn't really time to do anything no. when you're looking after a baby. No. So that was a bit of a reality check for both of us. Yeah. Um, but I think at the beginning, the first six months, I think you really enjoyed it, just taking that break from work. Yeah. It was using a different part of my brain. Yeah. And... I like some, and I found it so rewarding as well. And I used to, when Lily came down from work, um, 
or like for lunchtime or in the afternoon, I used to be like, oh, we did this and we went, I took him to the playground and we, I made him this dinner. I like, I learned to cook. Like, I could cook, <laughs> but like I learned, I was reading recipes. I was yeah. like thinking about his nutrition and I was thinking about what to do with him. And I was like, wow, I'm like literally raising a child and molding him. And it was so rewarding. At the end of the day, I was so tired, but it was yeah. also way more rewarding. I was like cloud nine. I was loving it. And it was tiring. And I, you know, there were moments where I was just like, oh my God, how am I going to get through this? Yeah. But you do. And I think it was more of the case. Then it started to, I don't know, I, I, it's, it's hard. It's, I started to develop like anxiety. I've never suffered, as far as where I suffered from anxiety before. I didn't really know people who have had it, never really spoke to them about it, which yeah. now looking back, I should have. And it was as it was coming up to his sort of first birthday that year. And I think also because it's winter as well, I was starting to get like these health anxiety or the effects like worrying about my health. And I would, and it's always an example, I always use the example of in the afternoon, he used to have his afternoon nap, 12 to two, three o'clock. And I used to go get him. We used to come downstairs and I'd have to go and get Gray from nursery at like 4.30. Mm. So there was always this like hour or window of what do I do with Rudy? Yeah. I've like run out of energy of like being creative, thinking of games to do with him. And it was dark. And I just used to sit there like Google. I used to like be so, suddenly became so hyper aware of my body. And I was like Googling things. And like Lily used to like pop down for a coffee. She's like, are you okay, Rich? Like, what you don't know, you just go into this sort of, I don't know, this dark yeah. tunnel. You go into this rabbit hole of Googling and I wasn't aware of Rudy. And I feel bad, so bad about it that I didn't have given my full attention. What would you have been Googling? Just like, oh, I've got like a pain in my tummy. What are the symptoms? How do I treat it? And then, but it always takes you down the wrong hole. And yeah. It always takes you to the really serious diseases and... I didn't know how to get out of it. It happened quite suddenly, this health anxiety thing. So Rich has never, ever suffered from anxiety at all. I think what we realised after, which we'll go into because he did go to therapy, is that when we first had Grey, that kind of triggered it. When we had Grey, you know how they come and they do the little um, heel prick tests? Yeah. So hers kept coming back as inconclusive, which happens sometimes when they got dry little feet, you know. And we got a phone call from a midwife on Friday saying... Just to let you know, the test results are inconclusive. Your daughter might have cerebral palsy. We'll let you know on Monday. <laughs> That's the phone call we got. Wow. And I happen to be like quite a rational person. I'm quite good at, at not allowing myself to worry about things until there's something to worry about. I just mm -hmm. force myself. I don't want to spend my whole weekend freaking out if there's nothing to freak out about. So I'm quite good at just going, That's going to go there. We'll see. Yeah. We've got a baby to look after, deal with it. Rich, I remember, I'll never forget, he just went pale. And he have you have this face, and I know this face now because it's like now you get it all the time. But you just go <laughs> pale and just blank. And I was like, oh, okay, this has really freaked him out. And he spent the whole weekend freaking out, crying, was very, very worried. Obviously, it came back and everything was fine. And then he went back to work and we just talked about the whole year and nothing, fine. You had work as a distraction. But I think what happened is after looking after Rudy... When it, like you said, after about nine months, when you'd handed in your notice at his job because he realised he wanted to get a new job, yep. it was winter. You didn't really know when this end going back to work was. Mm. I think that's what triggered this health anxiety. And like neither of us had ever heard of health anxiety before. We don't know anyone with it. And I didn't really know I had it. I just just went into these dark spaces. And... But I knew you had it because I would come downstairs from work and he'd have that blank look on his face. And I'd say, what's wrong? And he'd be like, 
just got this like thing under my armpit. I think, I don't know, I don't know if it's a lump or not. It would be like a gland or something. And I'd be like, oh, okay, well, maybe you see how I see that as in a couple of days. But he just didn't have that like rational. He's normally really rational. It was this panic. And I'd find him Googling. And it, and like you said, you'd be blank. Rudy would mm. be sitting there. I'd be like, are you okay? Can you, is, is, are you going to give him lunch? And it was just like he was like gone. And it just got worse and worse to the point where I'd like found you i found it's not it's not funny it was just so crazy like looking back at it now like taking his blood pressure i was like why did we don't i didn't even know we had a blood pressure machine he yeah. bought a blood <laughs> pressure machine <laughs> apparently the gp told him to do it which makes me angry but obviously they didn't know and it kind of just got worse and worse and the thing with health anxiety is it seems a bit wild when you when you you don't know about it, but he would literally think he had cancer one day and then three days later, he'd think he was going to have a heart attack and it would just mm. bounce from one extreme thing to the other. There was one week you went to the GP three times. Yeah. And just trying to, you know, I was just, they're trying to tell them about the symptoms and everything and there was just, they didn't quite understand and it, it's not their fault, but they just, when you talk about health anxiety, I think it's hard to diagnose and hard to help treat it. You didn't know you from had a, anxiety. You yeah, thought they I were guess, real. Well, yeah, exactly. Symptoms. But it, it, there's there needs to be more support or more training, I guess, in terms of understanding. Oh, actually, is this more of a mental health, you know, OCD type of situation, um, uh, OCD diagnosis? So, because on the outside, we can all go, well, you went to see the doctor three times in one week. Surely, the doctor should have been flagged. Kind of going, yeah. He's been mm. here three times. But just sent me else. home. It was hard yeah. to know what was a real symptom or what, because you could get. What I found is you were giving yourself stomach cramps from overthinking, and getting worried, and getting anxious, like, and you didn't know. I don't know if you get anxiety, but when I do, I get that kind of funny feeling in my tummy. I've I've always mm. had it a bit, so I know how to control it. Whereas you didn't know what was anxiety and what was a real pain because I've never been aware of my body. Yeah, and I was never, and then suddenly I feel this pain, and then I'd like, oh, let me push it, let me like manipulate it and then the next day it would obviously I'd make it worse yeah and I just kept going and I had always just, all I was thinking about was that and not being able to just think take a step back and think about Rudy my life what I've got to do uh Lily great and just being more present and I didn't do that and and I felt really guilty because obviously I thought well look Rich has taken year off he's done the paternity and look what it's done. It's like ruined him. Look what it's done. And I felt so bad. I did have some people, especially the older generation, people say like, this is why the women do it. You know, because mm. men obviously can't handle it, which then made me feel even worse. So there was a lot of like... Well, guilt. you carry a lot of guilt anyway, because Rich taking maternity leave is something that you haven't really talked about. Yeah, exactly. So I, yeah, I never publicly said that Rich took paternity leave. Um... I don't know. I don't, don't even know why. I think, yeah, when you're when you're in it, you just don't need the judgment. Yeah. We've got this like ongoing joke online where everyone says like poor rich. And it's because it's like it used to be my most commonly like hater comment. Poor rich. Cause people used to think like, you know, I was like this awful wife that would like interrupt him or like not, you know, it's that narrative of like yeah. poor rich. Lily's such a, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> so I just like, oh God, this is just playing into that even more. Like poor rich. Lily's making him quit his job. <laughs> quit my <laughs> job. Not the case. Get um, anxiety. Yeah. I was just and... like this. I was like, I just didn't need that extra judgment. Yeah. It's yeah. It's really hard as a mum to like juggle it all. And I think it also is made a bit harder that my job like, I think with any job that looks a bit glamorous, it's harder. If I was, like, a lawyer or an accountant, mm. I think everyone would just 
be quite respectful and be like, okay, yeah, she's got an important job. She's got to get back to work. But I think it's quite hard that my job looks fun. Yeah. Most people, of the time, yeah. So. people didn't understand your job. Even now, people don't understand your job. Yeah. And then also me quitting my job, people didn't understand. So people just didn't know how to handle us or talk to us. Yeah. There's judgment from all over. Your friends would be like, oh, this must be so nice having some time off. Yeah. Which like, is the hardest year that was, of my yeah, life. Hardest. I don't. Yeah, that was the hardest year of my life. Um, I would do it all again. Yeah. I, you know, I would do it knowing now what I was going through and being more prepared and having the coping mechanisms in place. Um, and I got that time with Rudy, which was great, and Gray as well. Is it hard, like, looking back, because obviously it happened later on in, in, in your paternity leave, is it difficult to not let it cloud, or is it important to not let it cloud everything that came before it? Like, the good times that you did have with Rudy? Yes, and I try and remind myself, even now, of the good times. And actually, that was a blip or a moment of... You know, that was a moment of time or with Rudy. And I need to remind myself I did have great times. There were so many great times. We went off, you know, to the farms. I went, I got to find out all these different cool playgrounds. <laughs> I was like researching the best playgrounds in London and around surrounding area. And it was just great, you know, taking them there and getting to explore and taking Grey as well when I had both of them for a couple of days. And it was great fun. So I need to remind myself of those days because yeah. that does help you a lot and that does help with my mental health a lot the grass is always greener isn't it and i feel yeah. like that really comes in with parenting like you would be off a lot of my family work for themselves so you'd like be with my family having a barbecue and i'd be like oh i wish i could do that <laughs> or like he yeah. would do something and i'd miss it and i'd be but then and you think oh i wish i was working we you know yeah but that's what we really had to do we had to make sure we didn't compare or compete I'm more tired than you. I've, I have a, I've had a harder day than you. That's something we really made sure early on not to do. Also, I didn't really have anyone to talk to. Yeah. Like another dad or other parents to talk to. I went to baby classes and at the start as well, I was probably like the only dad there. Mm -hmm. And it was a real like, oh, where's where's the mum? You know, oh, you got, have you taken a day off today to look after kids? Yeah. That was the questions. And... It was only sort of in the last couple of months now that everyone's, I've started to notice more dads going to baby classes mm -hmm. and it's become more of a norm, um, which is great. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, so, so much, I think, of, of um, stepping into that role, whether it's a mama or a dad, um, I sound like I said mama, whether it's a mum or a dad, it's that almost that loss of identity. It's you're not who you were before that, yeah. that not being able to have those conversations that you would normally have yep. being, um, you know, 
fulfilled in on an intellectual level yeah you know so much of that disappears when you're on your own yeah it's gone yeah and also especially because we didn't really know what i was going to do next or when this was going to not end but what was my next what was the plan and i think that really affected me as well in terms of not knowing what to do now I've we've got a plan and I've we've like had to say like right rich you need to do something else you need something mm -hmm. more in your life which I think is a bit of advice that I would give people is that if you can especially with your um when you're in or especially first year of your par as parents is to try and give each other a bit of time support communicate and just like you know give them a saturday morning just to go get a coffee read a book mm. or go to pilates or yoga or run whatever just a couple of hours away from the kids just yeah. to have a bit of your time to do something start a hobby that's another thing I was I'm very much into my fitness I love triathlons and running and stuff so I thought I would be able to still do that but I was like running at night time or doing the odd thing and by then night time as well you're so tired. tired yeah so I didn't have anything to really look forward to in a sad way like I loved looking after him, but it was also I didn't have my other, my other um, hobbies or interests yeah. to carry on. It sounds like it's made you really think about your time. You know what I mean? And so even going back to work, that's your time. Yeah. And how do you, how do you how do you carve time within that? How do you still have that time that is yours that fulfills you? Yeah. You know, because I think so much of of being the uh, you know primary caregiver in that way is you're handing over your identity and you get a little bit lost yeah and yeah. in terms of Completely. purpose your purpose is literally keep this baby alive every day yeah um with your um health anxiety mm -hmm. was it something that happened very very gradually i think so i think it was a case of i think it was when gray and we had those test results was a triggering point yeah triggered it and i think it simmered down and then I think when it came back around with Rudy, it really bubbled up with, I think I had a pain somewhere in my tummy, I think it was. And that's all I just focused on. And from then onwards, over those, what was it, like three, four months, I was just fixated on my body. What is that like pain in there? What's that? I was so hyper aware of my whole body, which I'd never been able, never done before. Yeah. I never knew you could. And then you make the symptoms worse. So then the symptoms do get worse and you're building this up in your head and you're like, wow, I really need to go see someone, really need help. Um, and that's all you're thinking about is your own health. And it's also, I think it's because I was trying to think back, why did I develop this? How did this come about? And I think it's also I've suddenly become in charge of this child and I need to stay alive for this child, yeah. you know, as long as possible to keep them alive and show them good morals and values. And... That felt like a lot of pressure, which I didn't realise at the time. But now looking back, I think that was there was a lot of pressure I gave myself to be there present and to be there for him. So I think that also was a triggering moment for yeah. me. It's hard to understand health anxiety at first because I couldn't understand right at the beginning. He wasn't worried about Rudy or Grey or me getting sick or dying or anything. It was purely just about himself, which mm -hmm. seemed really confusing mm. at first, especially when he's like, such a fit, healthy, he runs, like there's nothing wrong with him. But then like I started to look into it and understand it's it's a real mental health thing and it just, nothing I could say would make it better. There was no, no. point. At the beginning I was trying to make it feel, but you find it's nothing and it doesn't, you can't hear it. 
No. Even the doctor saying it didn't help. The only thing that helped in the end was trying to restrict the time, like not Googling. I'd get really upset if if I told him not to Google and then he would Google because I just felt like he was self-harming. Yeah. But why are you doing it when you know it's going to make you feel bad? Yeah. So I ended up, luckily, one of my friends is a psychologist, uh, child psychologist, but he helped me. He's like, right, move Google away. Put Google, hide it away in your apps. Don't have it on your main page. That really helped. And so I was doing less Googling or like limit it, do it like five minutes and then turn it off and think about something else. Don't think about your body. You know, spend half an hour thinking about your kids or something else, watch TV and try and just forget about what that was, what your body's doing. And then that just kind of gradually, those sort of coping mechanisms started to help think, oh, okay, I went half an hour, didn't feel that pain. Oh, okay, that's not, actually, maybe that is in my head. Yeah. And then also listening to like um, Headspace, a mindful apps. Yeah, you'd, like, you'd go upstairs. If I came downstairs and you had that pale look, I'd that say panic. just go upstairs. I'd stayed with Rudy and you'd go lie on the bed and listen to for like twenty minutes meditation. Yeah, just zoning out and that really helped. Um, and books as well. I just started reading books about happiness and you know just on those thinking about what you're putting in. Yeah. And that really helped. And therapy. And then therapy. Luckily, I was able to go to have therapy uh, for a few sessions. And she was really helpful on that and gave me like ways. Just She just made, crystallized it for me. And I was just like, it was just like an epiphany. I was just like, oh, yeah, that, you're right. And now I need to go back and start doing other stuff. Some people can, you know, want, love to look after their kids. And that's their job. And that's what they do. Some people need to have other things going on in their life. And mm-hmm. that's me. I need to have something else and start using other parts of my brain. And that's what's really helped me now. Rudy's now at nursery a couple of days a week. And now I've got that time to start focusing on my career, what I want to do next. Um, and that's also helped a lot with me. And so far, touch wood, I've been in a good space. Yeah. And I think it is that distraction of just, you know, that, that continuous distraction is helping a lot. What would you say to um, anyone listening um, who might be worried about their paternal mental health? What would you, what would advice, what advice would you give? I think talk to your partner and just open up and, or to a friend, someone that you feel like could listen, is a good listener and um, help you. And also I think there's, um, I think if you look online, I, I didn't look online. I didn't, know about these forums and places online mm. that other dads and or partners have set up and i think there should be online resources and especially instagram and social media as well i'm sure if you look and search from that you'll find places like people on there who are talking about it giving some form of advice and you can just start that have message them mm. because they will respond and they will talk to you um you're quite, you're quite open and confident like when you go to baby groups I think maybe because it's our second and our first, so like talking to other people and just having that confidence, like not being like, oh God, I might be the only dad, so I'm not going to go. Just like going and getting involved. Yeah. And I didn't feel ashamed of having this anxiety, this health yeah. anxiety. So I think that helped me open up quite quickly. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how to help people. I don't know what's the best advice to give someone who is does feel ashamed of it. But I think the, be- I think the best thing is just to start talking to your partner or yeah. someone family member that can then help you start on the road to then and then there if you're lucky enough to be able to go to therapy then therapy is a very good mm. tool to use and to, um to be able to talk to um 
And I guess the flip side of that, what advice would you give to someone who thinks their partner or someone that they know might be struggling? Yes. Well, I guess that would be kind of me, isn't it? So just, again, I just think open communication and like being supportive, because even right at the beginning where I didn't really fully understand it, it's about like not getting angry, even though, you know, I was like kind of worried about Rudy. I was trying to work and I was thinking, you just need to look after him. And it's hard to not get frustrated and angry at the beginning, but just like taking a minute, taking a breath, understanding what that person might be going through and just just talking. It's really hard when there's kids around, but at the end of the day, when the kids would go to sleep, we would always sit down and be like, right now, this is our, I know we've got a million things to do and we just want to sit and watch TV or whatever, but taking a chance to sit and talk through like, how was your day? Not just assume that they did nothing interesting on that day. Like, how was your day? You tell me what your achievements you made today. Like, Mm. and talking about future plans and just communication. I always say that it's just the most important thing and how can I how can I help you how can I support you like do you want me to help find someone for you to talk to like do you want me to sit with the kids for us so you can have a break yeah offering up your help basically mm. it's such a massive topic that I think is only just being started like yeah. only just people are talking I don't about want, we don't yeah. want to put people off this is the thing we said on the way here we were like we don't want to put people off doing paternity leave. No. It all sounds a bit like doom and gloom, but then there's no different for women. Like, But then you think about the first nine months or so, exactly. it was a great time. Yes. You yes. know what I mean? And, yes. and actually, this is something that has happened within it, but um, it, you can't let it overshadow everything else. And, yeah. and what a gift, I think, that we are able to be in a society where dads can also share in mm. those Absolutely. roles. So I think our learning yeah. from that is yeah. having, maybe if we were to do it again, it's having that plan of what happens at the end because at the end of the nine months we weren't you didn't want to go back to your job so you handed in your notice and then we didn't have a solid plan like now you're fine you have a plan but if we were to do it again yeah having that what happens after the nine months yeah. same with great i didn't have a plan so trying to plan as much as you can something to look forward to knowing there's like an end to it because yeah. then you can just appreciate that time you have off <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean i thought i was gonna be making marmalade close out curtains all, all sorts it's didn't happen mad, isn't yeah. it no yeah, never mind. Uh, so I end each episode with you completing three sentences. I've, I've changed one around. Uh, but the first one is being a parent means. Am I doing this again? Even yes, you I, are. Oh, Yo, come on, it's the three years on. Oh. It's going to have changed. Oh, being man. a parent means. This is when I put fear into people. Yeah. They've yeah. been talking freely and all of a sudden they they, they, they just get really quite stressed. Like you have to say something really profound. Oh, I planned it last time. It can time. be a couple of words. It doesn't really matter. Being a parent means. Okay, I'm going to go cheesy. You do that. Because I do think I laugh at least once every day. No. And that's the nice That's the nice part of parenting. I probably cry as well, but no, <laughs> but there's something funny happens every day with the kids and that's the best thing about having kids, I think. Yeah. Being a parent means? Being a parent means seeing something, seeing it through the kids' perspective, seeing it through their eyes. And it's so refreshing. Mm. You know, you walk through the park and you're showing them leaves, clouds, and it's simple things like that. You get to re- you get to like experience again, and it's great. It's really refreshing and really grounding. I love that. Next sentence is: If I could tell you one thing, it would be everything is a phase. Everything oh, is a phase. Say that. No matter what is happening at the current time, it will pass, and there'll be something new. So whatever you're going through, it's a phase. <laughs> okay. If I could tell you one thing, it would be. If I could tell you one thing, it would be. I always just feel like 
don't know if you can put this, but I just feel like I'm a personal chef <laughs> or waiter. Yeah, whereas servant. Like servant. Yeah. I feel like I'm a servant. Yeah. You're like, if I could tell you one thing, it would be, I feel like I'm a servant. I feel like a servant. <laughs> Prepare yourself to be in a servant. Well, Matt Willis, actually, the start of the last series, he said that he's realised that for him, parenthood is service. Yes. yes. And actually, I think that's such a beautiful way of of looking at it, yes. the relentlessness of it. You know, it's that service that you are almost providing and giving. Yeah. And But it is amazing how you kind of want to. Like, with anyone else, I'd be like, get it yourself. I'm like, okay, bread, toast? What do you want <laughs> yeah. on it? I'm like, sorry, just did I butter that wrong? Yeah. Let me do it again. <laughs> yeah, cut and it in triangles or squares. <laughs> Don't get that wrong. Ugh. Yeah. And finally, I'm happy when. I'm happy when I'm on a trampoline. And I'm just lying on the trampoline and my kids are just jumping around me and falling on me. And it's warm and sunny outside. And it's the end of the day. I come down from work. And I just like love those moments where we're just in it and we're present and there's no phones. And it's great. I love that. Well, that's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. I'm happy when. Um, I think it's when it, we're on like holidays and just seeing the kids play in the pool, especially now they're a bit older. Yeah. And just enjoying life. They're really enjoying that moment. And they're, li again, like living in that moment. Mm -hmm. Making me live in that moment without my phone or worrying about anything else going on. And just living it through them. Yeah. There's certainly something about holidays where you realise how much external noise is always mm. there. Mm. You know, whether that's, oh, we've got to get out the door because we've got to go to this place. Or that, like, there's always, you're, they're being pushed around a little bit, I think. Yeah. I feel like with holidays, everyone gets to just be. Yeah. Mm. I feel like parenting is just a constant pull between wanting time to pass and wanting time to stand still at yeah. the same time. Like we were just saying earlier, I can't wait till the kids are older and we're doing this. And then I'm like, but don't grow up. Like, yeah. it's, but like, even when you're talking about marvelling at trees and stuff, I'm like, oh, my God, now yeah. my kids don't necessarily do that well they do they love like getting my phone now and doing like the little images so they can find out what the plants are oh yeah but they're now going like 100 miles an hour past all yeah. that stuff on their mm. bikes with me just running past and they're like <laughs> yeah. ah, slow down it's not like look at this flower <laughs> yeah. look yeah. darling what look at the is it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> none of that nice like gentleness it's yeah. just mayhem yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that has made me realize how fast it's gone yeah mm. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. I know that this has been like such a personal topic for you both that you've wanted to talk about. No, um, and, and like we say, like, if it can help one person, then that's an amazing thing because we talk about maternal mental health so much. And even then, that's a new thing that people are talking about. Mm. But to talk about paternal mental health is equally as important. So thank you so much. Right. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.